are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome to Informative Conversations Podcast, Season 3. My premier guest for Season 3 today is Cindy Oriel. Cindy is a Christian author, a wife, mother, grandmother, and friend. Her two books are Having Joy in the Midst of the Storm and If Only. Welcome, Cindy. Hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) It's good to have you here. First, I want to say thank you for accepting my invitation. Oh, thank you for asking me. Yes, you you are an amazing woman of faith. So I want to share with my listeners, I want to share your story, which continues um, with my listeners. It it continues beyond the books. Mm -hmm. But I want to share your story with my listeners. Because as I was reading it, I was thinking, you know, God gives all of us a measure of faith. Yes. He gave you and your husband a lot. Yes. <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. And it, I was able to see someone with that measure of faith for you to go through what you're going through. But I want you to tell my listeners in one minute or less a little about yourself and then we'll get into your story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my name is Cindy Oral. I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. I have three brothers and one sister. And my mom and dad, late parents, they passed away. And uh, when I was young, I would always be reading. And never in my wildest dreams had I ever thought of becoming an author. In fact, I told my brother when he told me he wanted me to be one. I said, no, I can't do that. And it was like a year later when the Holy Spirit said, you and I are going to write a book together. Mm, mm. Now, now, Cindy, what age were you? Because it was your first year. First year and it started, is it 2014? Yes. Okay. And so in 2014, you were diagnosed with cysts on your pancreas. And after the diagnosis, your doctor suggested you wait six months to see if it will grow larger. Yeah. <laughs> you already on a diet of jasmine rice and crackers. So what age were you and how did you make it through that? I mean, of course, it was purpose in the doctors telling you to wait, but how did you make it through that? Well, I just uh, I started out with the jasmine rice and the crackers. And then eventually I went to like soft foods like pudding and jello and uh, did a lot of drinking, uh, you know, water and Gatorade and just to keep my body, my body system, uh, you know, healthy. And uh, I didn't want to wait the six months, but uh, they wanted to see if it would grow. And it did. And what age were you? I was 54 years old. Wow. Now, had you had, had your 
had you had any like weaknesses or tiredness or had you was it a sudden that's what I need to ask was it a sudden uh, I found go ahead I woke up one morning and I started hurting really bad in my abdomen area and I just was I couldn't keep anything down I was constantly Mm -hmm. throwing up and I Mm -hmm. had to go see my doctor and they did a CAT scan and they said that they found a cyst on my pancreas and it was also attached to the spleen. And I also had one on my liver and my kidney. Right. You went to have a surgery on your cyst. You also had to have your spleen removed, right? Correct. Now, and you said you, you weren't afraid. No. Why weren't you afraid? When I first When I first heard the word cancer from the Lord, I guess for just a moment I was because my mom had died from cancer. She mm. had esophageal and stomach. And that's where I was having the problems was mm. the stomach area. Mm. And uh, the Holy Spirit just told me, you have cancer, but you're going to be fine. And mm. I'm right here with you. And mm. uh, trust in me. Mm. So, so he told you in advance that you were going to have cancer and that you would be fine. But then also was was that the period of time also that you found out about uh, your daughter being diagnosed with? No, that was with the breast cancer. Oh, okay. So, okay. So this is cancer at different times. Okay. So when they did find it and just like the Lord said, you were fine and they found no cysts on your liver or your kidney, right? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Now, I, I want to back up some because your husband, John, is his name, right? Yes. Okay. Because your husband, your wonderful husband, John, went on this journey and continues to go on this journey with you. Oh, yes. And yes, what a gift. And you, you believe God. Did John believe God too? Or yes. On your on your word. Okay. Yes. So when you when you two got married, you met in the church, am I correct? Correct. And when you two got married, were you both already strong in your faith? Were you strong Christians in your faith? Or oh yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So you were already strong believers. Right. In, in your faith. Okay. And actually, okay. actually, Jacqueline, I'll tell you this real quick. I prayed for John. I prayed mm-hmm. for the Lord to send me a wonderful Christian man that wanted to do mission work with me. And a month later, I went to the mission trip meeting, and there he was. <laughs> oh, so you used to do missions. Yes, we did mission work together. Have you ever been angry with the Lord for not healing you? No. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like as each diagnosis comes along, I go to him and it makes me a stronger Christian. Mm, mm-hmm. He gives me peace. Mm, mm. The peace that uh, no one else could ever give you. Mm. So we can say like the first chapter in your book is Jesus takes away our fears. Right. And you have answered how he takes away your fears when he told you and you trusted him. But is there anything else you want to add to that? Mm. Oh. You talked about John being a, a strong Christian, too. We mm-hmm. decided at the very beginning that we were going to give all our burdens over to the Lord 
and mm. never take them back. And since we've done that, we have extreme peace throughout our entire body. Wow. Wow. And so it, it, John hasn't experienced any issues, has he? Any issues? Like what? Medical. Medical. Oh, yes, he had a he had to have four stents and, and put in his heart in 2016. Two no, 2006, before. I mean. Oh, this is before your diagnosis. Many years before right. your diagnosis, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So then at the end of your uh, of the chapter, you say, we do believe that Jesus takes away our fears. And you quote Genesis 26, 24. I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid for I am with you. And Hebrews 13, 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Amen. <laughs> you live, you all live on the word. Right. 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 Okay. Okay. The next one is Jesus performs miracles. Talk about what happened to make you say that. What's your testimony behind that? All right. I had my surgery in 2015. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the first miracle was not having any cyst on the liver or kidney because it had mm -hmm. showed up on the CAT scan. And when the doctor went in, there wasn't anything. Mm -hmm. Also, my cancer of the pancreas was on the tail of it. Mm -hmm. So it was fairly easy to remove. Mm -hmm. Together, John and I know five people that have died from pancreatic cancer. And I right, so really know that I am blessed to be able to survive that. So that's another thing too. When you're going through something and you find out somebody else is going through it and they didn't make it, the yeah. people or any other people that you know that passed from pancreatic cancer, did they pass during the time that you were going through your treatments? Uh, maybe one of them. Now, how did that affect you or did it affect your faith at, at all? No, I just mm. continued to get stronger. I just put my faith. complete faith in the Lord. Mm. Mm. Now, I have to ask you, mm -hmm. how do you do that? How do you stay focused on God no matter what and put your complete faith in him? How do you do that? Well, I know he is is my helper, my comforter, my peace. Everything of the fruit of the spirit, Jesus is, and I just trust him. I have mm. to. Mm. I I say this. This is one of my mottos I tell my readers. Mm. No matter how many adversities we may encounter here on earth, as long as we hold tight to Jesus, we can make it through anything. Hmm. Hmm. Do you have? <laughs> And because uh, because you you had to build up this, do you understand? And so right. do you have certain affirmations that you say, a certain quiet time of praise and prayer that you have with God every day, or yes, what's your daily walk like? Uh, I try to, to type of faith? when I get out of bed at nine o'clock. I try to uh, you know eat a body breakfast, and then I go to my prayer room and I start praying. And, mm -hmm. and one of the things that really builds me up is reading my devotions. A lot of times mm. your devotions are exactly what you've gone through or someone else close to you has gone through. Mm. And that just builds me up and gives me more strength 
and same with John because he reads the same devotionals as I do. Well, I have my CAT scan done. And one thing I like about my cancer doctor, I was able to go right upstairs and he was able to tell me how it was. And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, ask the doctor, tell the doctor about your two cysts on your breast or outside of your breast. And um, he's, so I asked him and he goes, yes, definitely. He said, in fact, I know a breast doctor. He said, this is how your pancreatic cancer, you know, because they made you wait. And uh, mm. it did grow. And he said, and now it's in the breast, right outside of it. And uh, so he called the breast doctor for me. Mm-hmm. And I had a CAT scan and um, I could see where the cancer had already infiltrated out of the mm. milk, milk ducts and was already headed over to the left one too. Jeez. It was like fingers on the screen. And like I said before, I already knew I had it because the Lord had told me. <laughs> told you to okay. So he told you at different times about each one that you already had it, but that you'd be fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you chose to believe God. Yes. Amen. So I want to talk about this a, a bit more, though, because afterwards, um, you were diagnosed with a stroke and a diagnosis of functional movement disorder. Right. I was. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, actually, I didn't even realize I had a stroke. This was mm-hmm. a year after the pancreas. And I had to go in because I was having some kind of, well, I was actually hopping down the hall like a kangaroo. And I couldn't mm. stop. And I started mm. stuttering. And I stuttered for three months. Every word mm. that came out of my mouth. But mm. anyway, when they did the CAT scan, they said, well, you had had a stroke. And praise mm. God, the only thing, I had peripheral vision loss in the left eye. And my left side was weakened. But I am fine mm. on that now. Mm. Mm. So, but the the functional, they called it, Something like epileptic seizures, right? Non-epileptic okay. seizures. Okay, explain more about that. Okay, and, and, they okay, they act exactly like a regular seizure, except mm-hmm. for they don't affect your brain at all. Mm. Where mm. epilepsy affects the brain, these don't. But mm. I'd get on the. I like I said, I'd uh, fall out of my chair, and mm-hmm. I was a shake, and um, I was hair horrible and mm, so, um, mm. I actually had as many as 33 in one day's time one time Jesus, Jesus. Oh, okay so so you said um you chose not to let these attacks keep you home right you would go out with friends knowing that sometimes you would slide out of your chair right there in the restaurant which was embarrassing but you were not going to let these attacks keep you from going out Speak more about this and talk about how your friends handled it, you know, the help you got from your friends and how you, because they took you out knowing that this could possibly happen, right? Right, right. When it happened out in public, how did they handle it? Well, they tried to pick me up and it actually was better if I picked myself up. They started Mm -hmm. praying immediately and um, Mm -hmm. 
they were in shock, you know, the first time they saw it. I had mm-hmm. warned them ahead of time that that might happen. Mm-hmm. And so that broke um, their shockness. You know, they didn't, they kind of had expected it. And then when they saw me do it, and mm-hmm. at first I was really embarrassed. I thought, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to stay home. I'm not going to do anything. Um, you know, it's just too embarrassing. And my husband, John, said, honey, you, can, you can't help it. You know, these mm-hmm. attacks just keep coming and you can't help it. Are you going to stay home all the time? And mm-hmm. through prayer, through the Lord talking to me, um, I just started going out with my friends. There were times yes. when I'd slide out on the floor and I'd have like an uh, epileptic seizure. And there were times where I'd take my hands and I'd just smack the table as hard as can be. Or I'd take my head and smack it as hard as I can be. Uh, I'm, just, I'm not going to let it stop me. Now, did, did, did those friends that took you out one time and they saw this and they prayed for you, did they ever take you out again? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! What friends? Okay, so you do have so you do have a lot of support from others, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, that's good. Now, what other type of support they give you besides taking, you know, taking you out? Do they do any other things for you? Sending cards, and with mm. cards and scriptures, all oh, that just builds you up like you wouldn't yes. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, do they come and help you in your home? Like with uh, your meals, no. Cleaning. Well, they help with they helped with the meals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's good. John wouldn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I want to back up and talk about something because you also have fibromyalgia. Correct. And um, you write about being in constant pain. Yes. All the time. Yes. But I didn't hear read anything in here about being on certain pain meds. Are you on yes. pain meds constantly? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about something else. Because of all this going on, especially when the epileptic seizure started, you had to give up your career. Yes. I was devastated. Absolutely yes. devastated. For 35 yes. years, I had taken care of the, the patients, my patients, and they were my family. Mm-hmm. And I cried for weeks when I had to stop mm. doing that. Mm. And and tell us about your experience, because I know how you feel. Share your experience of not wanting to be declared as disabled or right. having to file for disability claim and leave your profession. T- talk about that. Yes. Um, well, nobody wants to label themselves as being disabled. Able, right. It right. took me a year and a half to get the courage to even try to do it. And then mm-hmm. I tried for two and a half years and I still didn't get it. After two mm-hmm. and a half years is when I finally came through. And it mm-hmm. came through at God's most perfect timing. John mm-hmm. needed surgery on his shoulder and he wanted to retire. Mm-hmm. I won the mm-hmm. case, praise God, and was able to get his surgery. Mm-hmm. I remember because when I was uh, diagnosed uh, with, with my illnesses years ago, I had two small children. And I was a single parent at that time. And I, and people were, you know, some voices were saying, you do it, it's your money, you saved it. And some voices were saying other things, but I did not want to do it for the same reasons. It was my pride. And the Holy Spirit clearly kept saying, pride goeth before destruction. Yes. And, and so 
I did it. And I'm to this day, I'm glad that I did. Me too. And I know people that needed it years ago and did not do it. And it's right. it's not good. Let me just say it. it's not a good picture. No, okay? it's not. Okay. Um, so uh, another thing I wanted to talk to you about is this is this is one of my favorite parts. And I know we're leaving the book, but we, we're going through the book, but we're just not saying like Jesus is love and do all those want, things. Do you want me to tell you real quick why I lost my job? Sure. Sure. I was working at a doctor's office. I was a certified nursing assistant. I worked for mm-hmm. six doctors. I had mm-hmm. come around the corner and someone had spilled coffee on the floor. I slipped down on the floor, but when I did, my leg went up underneath my buttocks and I landed on my piriformis and it cl- clamped down on uh, on my piriformis. Mm-hmm. And when it did, I was in excruciating pain. I could not put my legs down at all without screaming so bad. I had to have my legs straight out. John would take me to the church and I'd be sitting in the pew. I'd be looking at the minister and listening and my legs were on the side of me because that's the only way I could do it. Mm. When I think about all that you've gone through and the one I think about is this one, is that when you, um, the episode when you had the cyst on your breast, yes. you, you were told that you had the cyst on your breast, which is your favorite part of your body. <laughs> And, uh, I thought it was, but then I realized yeah. that my heart and my soul are. <laughs> uh, uh, but the the thing about the cyst in your breast, though, is the hematoma, hematoma experience after having the biopsy on your breast. Oh, my God. I had told oh, the nurse. Mm-hmm. I told the nurse. I said, I'm on blood thinners. Aren't we supposed mm-hmm. to wait for seven days? She went and talked to the doctor, and the doctor said, no, she'd be okay. Mm. Well, right after she did the biopsy, I got off the table, and I looked down, and I had a third breast. And I was big busted. I had a third breast that was black and purple. And Mm. I was in excruciating pain. Mm. And the nurse told me, she said, honey, I cannot let you go home until I stop this blood clot. Oh and my she goodness. laid on top of me and pressed down with her entire body on that hematoma. And John was there and God love him. I was crying. He was crying. The nurse was crying. He was holding my hand. He was praying. And finally, once again, I just said, Lord, come and get me. I cannot deal with this. And when we went home, I was actually traumatized. I mean, mm. That was a horrible nightmare. Oh, and my then to go to the doctor, my cancer doctor that was going to operate on me, he told me, he said, I can't operate on you with this hematoma, Cindy. He said, mm-hmm. you will be in more pain than you ever, ever dreamt of. And he mm-hmm. said, we have to let this go. It has to shrink. So immediately I went home and I called my other prayer warriors and we all started praying. And it took about, I think it was a month, and it finally went down enough for him to operate on me. Now, now he was furious when he saw that right because he knew that my cancer was very fast growing, very aggressive, and he wanted he wanted that you know the breast off. 
So. Yeah, and so that that's what I was going to speak of is that um, is that even though you knew he knew that the cancer was spreading, he still sent you home until the the hematoma uh, reduced. But, well, actually, um, it, it took a month for the hematoma to reduce. But, but he did the surgery before the hematoma reduced. But it, he just I mean, before the hematoma was gone. But he did, did he do the surgery when it got smaller? Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then, but 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 you the surgery you had it, you had prayed about it, and you made a decision to have a mastectomy. Right. A double mastectomy. A double mastectomy. And why did you make that decision? Because, like I said earlier, it had already infiltrated out of the breast milk ducts and was traveling over to the left one. Cancer ran rapid in my family. My mom died of the esophageal and the stomach cancer. Her brothers and sisters had cancer that had died from, and I wasn't going to take the chance. So John and Mm -hmm. I came home and we prayed. We got down on our knees and we prayed. And the Lord Mm -hmm. said, take them both off. Mm, mm. Uh, Jacqueline, and, and, before, before I had the surgery, I went online to see what a double mastectomy looked like on a woman, mm-hmm. and I, I I saw it and it didn't look that bad. Oh, okay. But okay. after my surgery, I was laying in bed, and it was just me and the Lord, and my gown had slipped down a little bit. And I mm-hmm. could see, you know, a little bit of me without breasts. Mm-hmm. Honey, when I when I pulled that gown away from me, all I could see was a sunken chest. Mm-hmm. And I gasped and I cried. And mm-hmm. that's when the Lord said, you are beautifully, beautiful and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. I started having a revival in my room. I thanked him over and over again for saving me from the pancreatic cancer, from saving mm. me from the stroke. Everything mm. that I'd gone through, I just thanked him over mm. and over and over again. And mm. uh, he gave me peace once again. Amen. Amen. So, Cindy, because I could just feel the spirit of the Lord right now. I just I feel it on me from you speaking. I feel the anointing of your your words and your testimony. No, and, 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 and the, this is the thing, you know, we're about authenticity here. You know, we, we uh, inform, we encourage, and we inspire. We do it authentically. And you, the truth of what you're saying, you know, God told you, yes, you're going to have cancer. You chose to believe God, just like Abraham. And yes. God made it happen, made things come true for you. Yes. But you also have shared with us your human. You shared with us many times. And as I read the book, I saw several times where you just broke down and cried. Yes. Where you just screamed and hollered because you were in so much pain. Where you just told God you can't take anymore. I want to give up. Right. And where you went to have therapy and... um have someone to help you speak more on your therapy or uh, 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 how you got therapy which therapy speech therapy or just Uh, 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 all of them whether you had speech therapy or whether you had professional therapy to help you make it through the traumas because in other words you 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 not 
you're not so holy that you know earthly good. Right. You're letting us see how God takes us and partners with us and walks with us. Sometimes we think if God has said to us, this is what's going to happen, but I'm going to bring you through. We think we just going to float through a cloud on it. You know, everything is just going to be fine. We're not going to be in pain. We're not going to be right. in disagreement. We're going to be able to pay all the medical bills. We're not going to have any hardship in it. But uh, you human. Your experiences right. you right. share as a human being. We still go through all these things, but we get the victory. You're still here and looking beautiful than ever. And no one who looks <laughs> at you would ever think that you have gone through or continue to go through the things that you're going through. So I'm going to go back to. Want to know about the therapist? Yes, yes. Okay. I uh, first started with aqua, um, aquatic therapy being in the water and that seemed to help me and um, from there I went to physical therapy and I was doing great I mean I hadn't driven a car in two and a half years and I was finally able to drive yeah. my car for 18 miles no further than 18 miles before mm -hmm. I would start with pain mm -hmm. and I was just so excited that I could finally do that, and John was too. And then the fibromyalgia attacked my body, mm. and I just went completely downhill again. Mm. I can no longer drive. Mm. And so these things that I go through, it's like one thing will get a little better, and then something else will happen. Mm. And sometimes it's like a too much of an overload, you know, mm -hmm. me as a human, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I could take anything else, you know, mm -hmm. but God quiets my soul and just tells me I'm here. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yes, my therapies did help for quite a while. In fact, uh, I think it was a little over a year now. I was in physical therapy and mm -hmm. I did wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And then I started with my seizures again. Mm. So it was like I did wonderful. And then I, you know, I bounced back and forth. But praise um, God, right now my seizures are gone. Oh, that's great. Yes. Now, and so are you are you saying you're not able to drive at all anymore right now? No. Okay. I haven't driven a car in eight years. Mm -hmm. Now that devastated me mm -hmm. because I used to like to go and visit my friends. Especially mm -hmm. if they were sick, I'd like to go over and bring them a meal or, mm -hmm. you know, just be company to them. Mm -hmm. And um, I just have to trust God on it. If he mm -hmm. wants me to drive again, mm -hmm. you know, I, I will. But, mm -hmm. but right now you haven't tried. Now, back to the therapy. Did you ever receive, even if it was spiritual counsel or any therapy for the trauma, the mental yes. trauma? That yes, so I went to... Um, well, I was I was having trouble whether or not I wanted to go to a psychiatrist or psychologist mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I thought if I did, I was mm -hmm. showing the Lord that I didn't trust in him completely. Mm -hmm. And a Christian friend said to me one day when I was talking to her about it, she said, Cindy, she said, God made those psychologists. Amen. Amen. And I really think you will benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And I went in there and I found out I had PTSD mm -hmm. from different things that had happened to me in my right. life. Mm -hmm. um, from people hurting me so badly. 
Mm-hmm. And she helped me tremendously. I mm. see. I saw her for about a year. Mm. Oh, that, that's. Mm-hmm. I would cry on the couch, and she would sit next to me, and we'd cry together. She became like mm. a sister to me. Mm. God mm. gave her the right words. Mm. Yes. That is so good. And I'm so glad for the person, the friend that you had that gave you that wise counsel, because that's me what too. I was alluding to earlier is that a lot of Christians feel like, um, well, if I do this, I'm not trusting God. Right. Just that's exactly God what made them to, Yeah, I had to, I've had to go through um, that experience to learn. No, God made them all. He made everything for our good. Right. You know, he gave right. them the anointing and the skill to be able to do what they do. And so, Cindy, tell me now, what are the latest health issues that you've been experiencing recently? Okay, I'm finished with all my therapies. Mm-hmm. I um, I use a walker at times when I'm, I feel off balance. I uh, use a cane. I cannot drive still. And uh, I just dig deeper in the word of the Lord and just trust him. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. But you still get to go because John drives and you have friends that drive, right? Right. Right. Yeah, they'll just call, come over and get me. Okay. So you yeah, mentioned John something about, everywhere. Oh, uh, you mentioned something about diabetes. Have you now been diagnosed with diabetes or what's going on? Yes, about a year ago I was diagnosed with diabetes. Mm-hmm. And neuropathy in my hands and feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And heart problems. <laughs> I had two stents put in my heart uh three months oh, ago. <laughs> oh wow. So do you get to do any exercise of walking? Or yes, so John and I like to go either to our church. Our church mm-hmm. has a free gym for the, the people that mm-hmm. belong there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we love to go down to a little park right down from us. It just is so peaceful and so serene. And uh, you go down this one lane and it's like trees lying on both sides. And when you mm-hmm. first look at it before you start walking, it looks like a piece of heaven. It's just absolutely beautiful. So, Cindy, um, I'm going to let you uh, tell us the name of your church because there may be somebody in the area where you live in Kentucky mm-hmm. that that may need to be able to to go to your church. What is okay. the name of your church? Well, the big church that we went to while all this was going on was called uh, Southeast Christian Church. Now okay. they made a smaller church called Chapel in the Woods. And the big church was doing all those um, flashing lights and everything. And the music was so loud and I'd go into a convulsion. I'd have a seat right there. So when they made this other church, John and I decided that that was our home now. And uh, I love to greet. I'm a greeter every Sunday. And that helps me too. And on days where I don't feel good, they give me a chair so I can sit. You know, and I've met so many beautiful people through that. And they'll even stop and pray with me. And what part of Kentucky is this? This is in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, okay. All Mm -hmm. right, okay. Now, Cindy, I have to ask you this. How? How can you be so joyful (laughs) when you are in constant pain? Uh, About... Three years ago, when we went to the big church, it was in December, and our pastor said, "What word can you bring? What one word can you bring into the new 
uh, year that will um, show you the Lord even better, that you will trust mm. him even better. And mm. immediately I heard the Holy Spirit say joy. And I argued mm. with him right there. I said, how can I be joyful mm. when I'm going through all this constant chronic pain? Mm. And he reminded me, he said, <laughs> I didn't give you those dimples for nothing. He said, you put joy on your face and mm. keep it there because if you don't, people are not going to believe that you trusted me completely. Mm. Oh, if wow. I was angry, if I was crying all the time, they'd look at me and say, well, you know, she doesn't seem like a really good Christian, you know, she's not mm. trusting the Lord, you know. And so when he told me to put joy on my face, that's what I do. I bring so much joy when I'm greeting. I bring so much joy to my, uh, my, my friends. Mm -hmm. But, but you still, that's good. And, and, but, but you still also have those moments and it's okay for you to have those crying moments and those sad moments, oh, yes. but you mm -hmm. are encouraged yes. and the outcome is joy. Right. I'll tell you yes. what my psychologist told me to do one day. Mm -hmm. I said, I can't, I need to scream. I said, I want to go to a mountaintop and I just want to scream. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, what about your apartment? And I said, well, the neighbors would think John was killing me. <laughs> I said, yeah. she mm -hmm. said, well, go in your car, pray first, and just scream your mm -hmm. lungs out. And I'm telling you what, after I did that, Jacqueline, mm. I felt peace from head to toe. Mm. And I started mm. crying. And once again, I just started mm. thanking him for everything. Thank you. Things, mm. things that I won't talk about that had mm. happened in the past mm. that had belittled me. Mm -hmm. Um gave me very very low self-esteem mm -hmm. i thanked him that i was better with that mm -hmm. i thanked him that he loved me enough to care for me and carry me through these storms as mm -hmm. one right after another and satan trying mm -hmm. to pull you down under the water mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. oh what a blessing what a blessing cindy this 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 conversation has been a blessing. Like I said, we didn't even get to go through all the titles of the book, but that's okay. They can pick it up. Uh, they can pick up uh, having joy in the midst of the storm. Yes. I'm, really, I'm really proud of this book. Yes. Really proud. Yes. And I'm really yes. proud of how the Holy Spirit told me he and I were going to write another book. Mm -hmm. When he told me, I know you read it, but the passage where he told me to describe my surroundings. Mm. around me and I said well the water rushing over my feet it's like Jesus cleansing your body mm. I said the broken seashells were like we're all broken mm. and he puts us back together mm. the fish in the sea we're all called to be fishermen for Jesus mm. and uh, then he said this journal that you're writing in right now is going to be our second book together. Mm. 
That was having joy in the midst of the storm. I ask all guests to give, which this has been full of encouragement, but if you could say a few words, a few final words of encouragement to my listeners, what would you say? Well, first of all, I would tell the women that it's okay to have a double mastectomy. It's okay for your breast to be gone. Mm. Uh, The Lord will always tell you that you're beautiful and wonderfully made. It's Mm. okay to go through these storms because the Lord is carrying you through each and every one of them. Mm. It is okay for you to be human and cry Mm. and scream and Mm. beg God to take you home because you Mm. couldn't stand the pain anymore. Mm. And it's definitely okay to crawl to the bur- the foot of the cross, lay all your burdens down, mm. and never take them back. Mm. And once you do that, you will have peace, complete Amen. peace. Amen. Amen. You know, I don't know. I don't know about tomorrow, and I don't even try to ponder it. But I know who holds my hand, and I will mm. praise him in the storm. Amen. Amen. Well, Cindy, thank you for being my guest today. Mm. I have so enjoyed meeting you and seeing that beautiful face with Ah. a beautiful voice. If you would like to contact Cindy, she can be reached via email at cindyoreo32 at gmail.com. That's C-I-N-D-Y O-R-I-O-L 32 at gmail.com. Cindy's books, If Only and Having Joy in the Midst of the Storm, can be found online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Walmart. If this episode has been informative, encouraging, or inspiring to you, share it with someone else. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. Your comments and ratings are welcome. Click those five stars for me. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.